Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Very Nice Podcast. I'm Yoni. I'm Manny. And if you guys remember last week, we previously mentioned that we may be doing a rotation of guests, of people on the trip, and we are doing exactly that. So first off today, we are having our boy Jacoby, Jacob Pomeranz, who we've begged Jay to be- Pizzle. <laughs> we've begged to be on the podcast many times, but he's declined. He's a very busy man. Very. High-ranking very. official in the Denver Jewish community. Thank you. And um, we now have him on in Israel. So, Jacob, how are you doing this evening? I'm very good, fellas. It's actually the morning, but... I like, I like Manny's shirt a lot Afternoon. today. Love everybody. Mm. Powerful yeah. message. And we have a little mm. a little mini live audience of our friends here. on the. We're on a kibbutz in the middle of nowhere. Thank you, Hansi. And, you know, if you don't know what a kibbutz is, just check out the last check episode. Check out the last episode, because we were on another one, also in the desert. Because we like to stay in the fucking desert. I'm not sure why. Because it's um, no rules negative. No rules in the negative. No rules in the negative. Okay. So uh, we wanted to talk about this really cool thing, um, which is also in the fucking desert because everything's in the desert here, um, called Masada. Jacob, would you like to explain what it is? Yes. Basically, like 2,000 or 3,000 <laughs> or some thousand years ago, there was like this big fortress on top of this mountain where some Jews hid, 900 exactly from the Romans while the Romans were going through and destroying the second temple of the Jews. That's it. What did they do? Like what oh, like what what was the series of events? Like how long okay, did they last? So they were exiled from Jerusalem, their land. They climbed up the mountain, they with food and water, they barricaded themselves there and then as the Romans surrounded the place, they threw down rocks and other big items. To rocks rocks yes to prevent them from coming up and then should i keep going with the story yeah okay and then as um the three years came to a close they were (laughs) running out of food the romans were nearing they were building a ramp up to the top of the mountain slowly but surely and as they got to the top the jews decided whether to let the romans capture and enslave them and kill them too or whether they should kill themselves, and they chose the latter. Right. They all murked themselves, but it's interesting because in Judaism, it's like a sin to kill yourself. It's like I'm not I'm not sure, but it seems as though it's worse than murder. So God's right. like, I don't think God's okay with murder because that's one of not that's like one of the Ten Commandments: Thou shall not murder. But at the same time, suicide's a no-no. So what they all did is they killed each other, and only the last guy had to kill themselves. But in a way. Kavanah or intent is a powerful idea in Judaism, and their intent to kill themselves was still there. So are they True. really doing? And listen, listen. Seems like a formality. Listen, <laughs> yeah. before we get into it, um, we also learned when we were there. So that's like the story, and it's a big story that's used in Israel to represent Zionism, and we can get into why that is. But it is important to mention that archaeologically speaking there's evidence that there was in fact a raid the romans did like raid the fortress on top of masada and built a ramp and they believe it was the jews who were up there because there's evidence of a synagogue however there is not necessarily a ton of evidence of a mass suicide but regardless of that the story and its importance doesn't fade kind of you know we also learned that the um 
there was one Jew during this time who had befriended a Roman general, Titus. Yeah. And he, he had, destroyed Jerusalem, by the way. Yes, and he had, um, and Flavius was this guy's name, and he was the one who recorded the stories and all of these Jewish stories, and he's the one who is responsible for telling the history of our people. Um, During that time. Yes, but once again, who knows? Maybe it's just some old dude making up stories. Yeah, that guy, it sounds, from what we learned from our tour guide, Adam, he sounded like a sly dog. Like, oh, he was a, a sneaky man. motherfucker. Like, because before Masada, what he did was he was also in, like, another cave trapped with a bunch of Jews, and the Romans raided them, and they also did a mass suicide. The he Jews. He convinced every one of, like, he was a general. He convinced every one of his troops to, like, kill themselves. And then, he, <laughs> and then at the very end, he's like, Hey, he said to hit the last other guy, let's not kill ourselves. Yeah, he finagled his way into like being one of the last like lottery picks. So he was one of the last <laughs> left. And then he was like, you know what? I'm good. And then he like was like, and then the Jer- the Romans came. And then he like was like, I have an omen for you. And just bullshitted his way into becoming friends with the fucking Romans. Yeah, and he, they believed his he, ass. He told Titus, who was eventually the one who destroyed Jerusalem, but the son of who was the emperor at the time. He said, Titus, one day I envision you being a powerful emperor. He's like, that's so sweet. Literally, if you just if you just hype the Romans up, like they'll just love you. You know, know. they love that. Mm -hmm. It feeds their ego. So basically, because he's such a sly dog, we're not sure if we can trust his history. Yeah, he's the only one with. Yeah, so he's like the one with the the only like written record of it. But he wasn't even there. So um, maybe he got what they heard from the Romans. Oh yeah, the well, Romans, actually, three yeah. children were three children or, and a mom. Yeah, were yes, there alive. were some left. They pulled a what was this guy's name? The guy who wrote it, Flavius. He, they pulled a Flavius and didn't kill themselves. Very um, true. And so they have those people too. But the, the Romans killed them. For, so, so Jacob, probably for closure. A discussion we had on top closure. of closure. A, a discussion we had on top of Masada <laughs> is whether or not. Uh, that story is actually a good story to represent the Jewish struggle. And if they were like courageous for marking themselves yeah, or right. not. And basically, I feel like, well, basically the, the center of this conflict was, was it more, would it, would it have been more courageous to have lived on and see what they could have, if they could have survived or not? Or was it more courageous to, to, to preserve their dignity and kill themselves then and there? Definitely. I yeah. Jacob had a. I would. I felt very strongly that killing themselves then and there was less courageous. It would have been more courageous to live on and hope for better days. Because if throughout history the Jewish people had killed themselves to preserve their dignity every time hardship or um, persecution has confronted us, there would be no Jews left. However, is the strength and will of the people who lived on through the Holocaust through the Spanish Inquisition, through the Crusades, and those are that's the reason that we're making this podcast right now. That's a good point. I will say, and maybe this is like a separate takeaway I had, but something I found interesting about the story is I think what you said, very valid. Kind valid, of valid. Another, another side of it is I think the reason the story is so popular is it basically represents a terrible situation. It was really a lose-lose. Like, yes, maybe it would have been more courageous to like live on, but either way, it was either die or like probably die or be enslaved. So it was like a lose-lose. So I think Masada is important because it represents how Israel will never – Israel makes sure that Jews are never in a position where those are the two options ever again. 
Yeah, and we were talking about like we weren't the people on the mountain, so like we can't judge so much except Jacob just did. But if you guys don't know, Jacob, uh, if you hear him like saying words like Kavanaugh and stuff, that's because you know you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Jacob has gone to the Denver Jewish Day Denver Jewish Day School for about seven years now, so he's quite uh, experienced in the field of Judaism and and definitely has credentials. So Jacob spit some Hebrew to us right now. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. No, that's like thank God. Say say any sentence. Yeah, say something funny. Um, do it. Ha'ima shalach. Oh. Shalach. Yes. Yes, what? Harbe Yeladim. She has a lot of kids. My mom has a lot of kids. That's what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't want to right, say Jacob. anything else because I respect your mom. Oh, uh, true. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, that was very kind. True. It wasn't um, very funny. but there was, <laughs> there was... Manny made a good point <coughs> when we were up on Masada 2 that I really um, thought of, which was that the story of Masada whether they killed themselves or lived on, is remembered today um, for the fact that... Shit, let me, let me think about this. I, I ha- You said something on the mountain that really resonated with me. Does it have to do with how the IDF soldiers go up there? Maybe? Yes, explain that. Right, so uh, on our way to Masada, because I was like, you never really get the full picture when you're there, so it's nice to do some background research. I went to Wikipedia. And I basically of course. found out that in the early days, they would take almost every IDF soldier when they were, ini- that's like the Israeli army, and when they were initiated, they would take them to Masada, and, like in the middle of the night. And shove them off the cliff. No. That, then they wouldn't have an army. <laughs> Anyways, they would, and then they would all chant, like, Masada will not fall again. Really? Yeah. That's what they say? Because... Jacob, again, can goes, you verify? It goes back yeah. to the idea that if Masada doesn't fall again, it means that just Jews are never in a position like that again. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's interesting because I think it's kind of how like Jews here in the IDF like think of Israel. Like, I know like basically the Israeli doomsday plan is if like if invaders like get into the country and start taking it over, like the Israeli government will just nuke Israel. Basically, you think they would actually do so that? So it, it's kind of like the Huevos. The Huevos, I know, but that's like last resort. I think it's funny because I think it's kind of similar can't be true. to Masada. Well, they it's like, you know, the Solomon Project, like their nuclear project. Like, that's their strategy, basically. But that's only if, like, they take over, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, we have a lot of measures in place. But I think it's funny because it seems as though Jews have this mentality of, like... I mean, obviously not because what you said. Like, even we've gone through hardships and, like, we've survived. But, like, it's funny because the people on Masada thought they were the only Jews left. Like, why would you kill yourself then? Oh, they exactly, did. and that, and that's another question we have. That's another point. <coughs> if they thought they were the only Jews left, and they were not only were they Jews, they were extremist Jews at this time. They were zealots, um, and facts. Why would zealots, people who care so deeply about Hashem and their connection to Him, and preserving Judaism, because we are technically in our eyes the Ju- chosen people. Hell ye. Um, why would they kill themselves and just destroy that legacy? Yeah, I think they just wanted a fast track to heaven, you know, just get up there quicker. Oh, by the way, they also <laughs> killed each, technically they killed each other because yeah, killing yourself is a bigger crime than murder. Oh, yes, they this is interesting. They, 
This is more Judaism Adrian for Lawson you. More then, Judaism from the... No, it was fathers killed their wives and children. First. And then, and the, then the men drew lots, yeah. and they all killed each other, except one who had to kill himself. So, so but that... But, get to that. Wait, one <laughs> second, Jacob. So how did that woman and child escape? Because wasn't there, like, husband and father, like, where are my kids? I have to murder them? Well, he was probably like, you know what? I'm not going to kill my children. Yeah, he was... Okay. Now, Jacob, back to you. In Judaism, lots are drawn at one other time or possibly others, but one other specific time, which is on Yom Kippur. Is that true? Yes. And the way that lots are drawn is not to see who kills who, as we all know. It is to see who's... um, It is to decide which goat is thrown off a cliff. And the goat... This is in ancient history, and I'm just telling... Because this reminded me when we heard of this at Masada. You know, these lots were drawn... To see who could write their sins on one of these goats. And there'd be two goats. And then another lot would be drawn to see which goat would be thrown off the cliff to Azazel, which is like to hell. And with that, all our sins. And then the other goat does not get to be thrown off the cliff. And that one, I don't actually. It's pretty interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. So what happens to the goat that survives? I'm actually not sure. On. Maybe they shift it and eat it. Maybe they eat oh. dinner. So they both die. Yeah. So yeah. I love the <laughs> last thing I just want to say. Yeah. Oh, sacrifice. Be- That's what it is. Before uh. we have to get, before we get some new guests on here, I just want to say I love how versatile animals are. You know, like you can. We do love animals take, on BNP. You can take their fur, and then you can milk them, and then you can eat its kid, and then you can eat it. And you can also have sex with them. Yoni, you're but right. Like, you're but right. like that's, th- I'm not saying it's good, but, but like can. bestiality does exist. Actually, fun fact: <laughs> this yeah. is Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark happened because like <laughs> the people were really bad. That's why God created the flood, and a lot of people think that's how they were bad. Yeah. And last words: um, Manny was reading an article here in Israel saying that bestiality is much, much more common than you think. So three percent of men. So look out, look, watch out for your friends, people. And one point eight percent of women. I'm I'm not trying to point any fingers, but <laughs> I know a certain friend of mine. No way. Yonatan, <laughs> who put peanut butter on his what? No. Dog and let his little puppy dog no. lick it off. Yoni. Thank go. you. I'm gonna have to cancel time. the podcast. Okay, bye, Jacob. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Jacob. All right, guys, uh, Jacob Pomerantz uh, left abruptly. He didn't really say goodbye. He just accused me of bestiality. But now we have on uh, two German twins, Hansi and Toby, who I'm actually neighbors with, about like four houses down. Me too. And hello, yeah, man, hello. thank you for having us. Yes, that's Toby. It's nice being here. So hopefully you can differentiate their voices. Toby's is a little deeper. Hansi's is a little higher. No shade to either. But they have a very interesting story because they are Jewish. Their mom's Jewish. Oh, and they're identical twins. We are identical twins. Except I would say that they're like the most different identical twins. Wouldn't you guys say? Like, you guys are easy to tell apart. Yeah, we like to keep – we like to make sure we still have differences between each other. I think – so if you guys – we're not filming our episodes, unfortunately, but we can, you know, post some pics on the Insta story of Toby and Hansi. I think – so just by the way, Toby's absolutely jacked. Hansi's very cut though. Let's Hansi's underrated. Hansi. I mean, yeah. Thanks for saying that. I just 
you know, speed is sometimes beats strength. So. <laughs> Definitely in soccer. So we've been we. It's funny we've been we've been playing soccer here in Israel and Hanzi. Well, Toby tore his ACL also due to Hanzi. Due to Hanzi. Very clearly from Hanzi. So Toby hasn't been able to participate in those uh, tough act, those very physical activities. But Hanzi is one fast motherfucker. So. He's got that. I got to see Toby again. But Hansi, I've got to ask. Did you tear his ACL on purpose? No, but... Comment. <laughs> it's a but. But when we had our soccer tryouts, Toby was... He, he was always the coach's favorite. And he was very... It's nothing towards, like, good for you. And, like, he, he really worked hard for it. And so... I feel like I had to make a mark. I <laughs> a mark you made. A mark you made, my friend. Um, but well, after that, the coaches actually did not like me anymore. So. Yeah, Hansi. Uh, They're like, you fucking <laughs> tore the ACL of our best player, you fuck. Well, no. Hansi went on to earn approximately, I'd say, 17 minutes of playing time in the, the whole oh, season. Really? <laughs> You think it's related? But explain why, Hansi, because you played tennis the past two years, yeah, too. Exactly. So... Um, partly in why is because I did quit soccer, um, sophomore and junior year to play tennis. With me. And why? The boys. We, we kind of grinded. We, we, we did play a match together against Kent and we won. We did win. That's my It was school. a long ass game. Though, Kent but we K. Um, but we, yeah, fuck we Kent played, <laughs> um, yeah, but fair. the coach is really big on commitment. And so when I came back, he thought I was just like entitled and thought I would like get a spot on the team, but I really wanted to try out. And so he put, always put me with all the freshmen when we try it That's fucked up. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, Hansi. Yeah, I was always on the number three team. And then as soon as you got a chance to Toby. Yeah. <laughs> the first contact I had. The, um, it's like Forensic Files except Soccer Edition. He's like, he was jealous towards his yo- older brother. Well, I don't know. Wait, who's older technically? I'm older, Hansi. He was jealous towards his younger brother who was much more successful at him th- at soccer. So yeah. he had to take him out. No, but it was... That's uh, a good narrator. Yeah. The... I don't know. Season didn't turn out too great either. We we went into the first round of playoffs, and that's because you guys didn't have Toby, and they didn't play you because of Hunter. We had three freshmen and our forwards, so Oof. it was kind of tough. But if Joe's leading you in scoring, it's not a good. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is also on the trip. We'll have him on at some point, hopefully. Interesting story about Joe. Go for oh it. Expose his ass, uh, please okay, do. I, okay, I will expose him. <laughs> Just love it. So, my buddy Joe got cut from the team. He did. Uh, right as I got injured, my coach turns to me and said, well, well, shit, we have all freshmen in our front line now. Can you give me Joe's number? <laughs> so, Joe gets called back, becomes the top scorer of our team, basically pulls down his pants in front of our coach. He's like, did he do that? No, did he actually? Metaphorically. Metaphor. <laughs> Metaphorically. Metaphorically, he, like, he mooned his ass. Yes. And we had yeah. Uh, we had to convince Joe to really come back. He did not want anything to do with the team. Yeah, he's like, fuck, coach. Yeah, he's like, screw this. Screw the team. And then the coach, yeah. every so, other practice, the coach is like, man, Joe must be so mad at me. And Joe's like, yeah, like, flipped him off every time. It's funny because, like, so that means, like, Joe got beat out by, like, a bunch of freshmen. But it sounds like the coach didn't want the freshmen to start. So why did he cut Joe for that? You know, he wasn't good enough. That's a good question. We At the beginning of the season, we were really considering just going up to the athletic director and just firing the coach. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are about to form a mutiny? Yeah. A so, coup? A, I mean, a, what kind of – A it's high, season. <laughs> you know what? I bet he was trying to build for the future. 
That's what he says every what year. What is this? <laughs> every year when we start losing, that's his number one excuse. Yeah, when like we it, start building for the future. No offense to all my seniors, but you guys are not going to get played anymore. Guys, we're in, re- we're in rebuild mode as if it's a fucking NBA team. Like, no. Unbelievable. This is high no. school sports. That's funny. If any of the listeners are going into high school, take sports with the lightest heart possible. Don't yeah. get too into it. I know, man. It's, it's yeah. actually unbelievable. I mean, you got the good end of it before Hansi took out your leg, but coaches really do have like one or two or three kids that they're like these are my kids everyone else i don't really care about you know exactly well i mean toby junior year you want to explain that how you how well you, you have to stay with it so junior year i was treated like dirt like a uh, like like a grain of sand and he grain of sand wow what a good <laughs> grain of sand so in the ocean great diction Oh my god, that's like that's so meaningless. That's great. I mean, yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say so. To that. <laughs> so insignificant. Exactly, and I was uh, he didn't. I was never recognized. He'd never really talked to me. Never played me that much. And then senior year comes around. Well, end of the season, he he starts looking. I'm gonna build my team. So he looks at me for senior year, and so all summer he helps me with all these trainings and everything. And so we really bonded. But and then and then. He hates my brother. <laughs> yeah, first you he thought you were entitled <coughs> and not committed to the sport, and then you t- and then he then he thinks you take out the best player. I mean, don't get me wrong. Out of soccer, he was a really nice guy. He um, fortunately he was like very obese, and then through quarantine he got he lost sixty to eighty pounds. Oh, okay, wow. but if you're very obese, like sixty pounds isn't enough, you know? <laughs> That's like imagine hey, it's progress. I'm just saying if you weigh six hundred pounds and you lose two hundred, like that's a lot of pounds you lost, but you're still pretty big. Oh, he, he was still a big guy. I mean it's really hard to listen to someone talk to you how to play soccer if they can't when he's fat as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Is he like huffing and puffing on the sidelines? Well he came up to us one practice and he's like this was right before playoffs and he's like you know what, guys? I was so um, he was so stressed. He went to Krispy Kreme and got a whole twelve or a dozen of bagels, and he ate them on the way to practice. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! But he was on Weight Watchers <laughs> before that. So. Bitch said I broke my Weight Watchers program. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I just want to say this is why I play tennis because Hansi would know because he played sophomore junior year the most unorganized sport and chillax sport program in all of our high school. It was like a free-for-all. Well, the other nice thing about tennis, no stress. from what I've heard, is it's a very much an individual sport, right? Well, we everyone plays doubles except like the top varsity players. So you got your... and But like honestly, like we just change partners pretty frequently. Gotcha. It's like a swingers. <laughs> yeah. Some people though, like I had this... I'm going to just call him out because I don't give a fuck. Jack, you know Jack Williams? Yeah. He he's uh, he was a younger guy. He was like a freshman when my sophomore year, because I stopped playing after sophomore year, and he wanted to be partners with me. And he just, you know, some people take it more seriously than others. And I'm just like, okay, no, like I like double faulted. He got mad at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm ass, bro. Like, we're on JV one, bro. Like, listen, what do you want? Go ahead, Hansi. I mean, I was just gonna say with the tennis coach too. What happened with that? Yeah. So <laughs> freshman year, like I I meet this guy beginning of freshman year. Uh, Mr. Tal- Coach T. Tallhofer, and he was also the con law like teacher, so he's a smart guy too. And he's he's funny, he's cool, good tennis player. And like, apparently, what happened is he like threw balls at 
some kids, but like he does that. It's not like it's like oh, and a kid complained. Yeah, so like he just doesn't oh just like God. throws him. He doesn't even throw him that hard. He's just like a guy. You yeah, know, he's one like, of those coaches who's sarcastic. But it's funny. like one of those things. Like if you read in a headline, coach chucks tennis balls. <laughs> coach at abuses players. children by coach chucks balls at balls. So, and it was a it was a freshman too. It was like this small. Room. I know, bro. But he he was a good tennis player. Actually, right? speaking of that, I'm not gonna say his name, but at Kent. Freshman year, a lot of kids play tennis, and there was one kid there that was like very obnoxious. So they would basically say, "Let's play his name ball." So he'd be like, "Let's play blank ball," and then they would all just like throw balls in the air and then serve them down at him. And then like he would like run around and try to avoid them. I did not participate. I didn't play. Yeah, but it was done by other freshmen. It is, but yeah. So, like, first year, like, very beginning of freshman year, we already, like, don't have a head coach. They put him on, like, administrative leave. And so then we have, like, these, like, four assistant coaches, and it's just a fucking mess. And then he didn't play the next year for another reason, and then he retired. And then What he a way going. to go out. Like MJ. <laughs> Honestly. So that was that. But I think it – well, I just want to touch on briefly because Hansi and Toby play so- soccer. And that's not – that's not for nice any – It's not for any random reason. It's because it's these boys have a German heritage, and in Germany they love to play soccer. So just explain. I don't even know that much about your guys' upbringing and stuff, but it's just very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we can start with Hansi and I lived Let's in... start in 1944. It all starts in 1944. When <laughs> my dad falls off the guard tower. So. <laughs> um, no, so Hansi and I... My personal connection with Germany is, I mean, I, we lived there for some time in elementary school. Oh, I did not know and that. And we have family all over, mostly in northern Germany. We have a big family farm. Deutschland. Deutschland, yes. <laughs> um, but the thing with our specific history is, so my mom is Jewish, my dad is Lutheran, and which is yeah, a sect of Christianity for anyone who didn't know that. But we have some family members during the Second World War who were forced to join a party they didn't want to. So they... It's the Nazi party. If you didn't pick up on mine, it was... was, was, Hansi's got something to say, it seems. Well, here's where Toby and I disagree. because (coughs) It was our great uncle who was an SS officer and he wasn't forced to. And yes, it's really messed up. Interesting. It's very interesting. But Toby thinks he was forced to. But it's back then he had, like, it was pride to serve for them. And it's like he was, he felt honored. And he was also like, I, I talked to Manny about this earlier, how he, like, he was not a nice guy. My dad had minimal contact with him. And he would say at the farm when they would have family gatherings, he would not talk to children or women, only the high men of the family. And he was very – he loved order. He had an obsession with order, and that's kind of what the party was all about. So. Yeah. You know, have I don't know if any of you have seen The Wave, either read the book or seen the movie, but it's basically know. a teacher decides to do an experiment based off of the same, like, propaganda the Nazis use, which is basically create order, create, like, a movement to get people to try to – basically do things and it worked this actually happened in real life so there's a documentary and then there's like a movie that's like kind of based on it and there's a book and it really did work and it's because psychologically like people like being a part of a group so like you see the appeal in that sense 
And then by giving the group a target, kind of like the Jews, gypsies, yeah. people like that, just makes the group even more powerful, actually. Yeah. Even more powerful. And to go off of that, then, well, our, my mom is, she comes from a full Jewish family. And <coughs> Hansi and I are the first, Hansi and I are the first generation that is a straight mix between, I guess, for our family, we're a straight mix between the more German side and Jewish side. Quick question. Did you guys ever meet your this great uncle of yours? Have you ever met him? He, no. He actually died at the end of the war, and he was a pilot, funny enough. <laughs> he, he, died in a, he died in a Vernon lying down. So, um, Wait, really? But didn't your dad meet him, you said? I'm not saying I high five Dione, <laughs> but I'm not not saying I just high five. Oh, I'm Dione. sorry. His dad, his dad Wait, died yeah. on a plane. Oh, okay. So then he died of old age. Okay. So. Yeah. So there, there is more than one family member. Oh Wait, no. The Nazis. Okay, the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no, the thing is, the Nazis come to your house and they say, either join us or you're gonna be sent to. Right. Work camps, right? And so. There's you're in middle Germany. You just lost the First World War, and you're playing with reparations, right? You're Germany's in shit, and you're, it's basically the Great Depression for Germany. You know, Hitler comes along, and he says, "I can save all you guys. I, I'm gonna bring the economy up. German pride. German pride is such a big thing, and so everyone gets along with him. They don't know what he's doing. They, he never in his campaign he never says anything about Jews. He never says he's he has a perfectly Almost clear at first, yeah. At first. That's smart. And so everyone, everyone mm-hmm. goes along with him. Like this guy's gonna save us. And then he's like, "Oh, shit here's like south." Actually. He's just like, <laughs> "My one condition is." Yeah. So if you didn't know, shit turns around. <laughs> I mean, his one condition is that he's the king. There's no one else. He's like, "It's just me." If well, I think yeah, uh, Manny was talking about the Jews. The I was. <laughs> no, Two conditions. <laughs> Two conditions. <laughs> Although I also will say. Wait, what was I going to say? I will say it's kind of like, I talked to Hansi about this, you two just existing, like the fact that your dad married your mom and then had you guys who are now Jewish, it's just like a giant middle finger to your great uncle. I think we, yeah, we talked about it on the bus. Yeah, that even even just sitting here doing this podcast. Especially in Israel. Especially in Israel. But two Jews. And if he saw us now, I would, we would give him a big fat middle finger. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, it's tough because, like, it's it's like when, like, your family member, like, does something terrible. Like, in this case, it was, like, obviously that. But, like, let's say, like, like, it's a great uncle, so it's a bit more distant. Like, what if, what if your dad was Ted Bundy? How do you Exactly. Like, that's just such a compromising position you're put in. That's just, like, has to be kind of tough. And, like, it's not, like, you just said, it's more than one. Like, it's got to be, like, awkward. Have you met any of these family members that were a part of or forced to be a part of? No, so we haven't, like, actually met all of them, but we've met their kids. And the thing was about when the war ended, actually, everybody was, like, over Hitler. Like, he was... He was way too aggressive. They're like, he's not really representing (coughs) Germany anymore, and that's not what Germany's about. So when um, the U.S. finally beat Germany with help to uh, Great Britain... They were very happy to... Yeah, they were happy. And so... And they were on the west side of the Yeah, world. I mean, Germany was also just, like, desolate because of all the bombings and the war. Yeah. As, but as Germany, and don't claim him because he's actually Austrian, so they can have him back. <laughs> True. <laughs> he is Austrian. He is Austrian. 
Yeah, but Germany, like, technically said Austria was a part oh. of their, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. The Rhineland. Aust- Austria is the uh, Canada of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get something done, you're not going to stay in Austria and do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well said. Yeah, that's interesting. So, like, but, like, your dad has met these family members, and the fact that he married a Jew, like, shows that, like, you know, like, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. State. Like, he's not a, you know, like, shows it's, Hitler it lost. ended there, you know? Hitler lost. Hitler lost. That's a big one. <laughs> that's a, a big one. Good, good shit. And, yeah, I mean, I just think it's fascinating. They also, like, they look very Aryan. Like, we'll send pictures. They're very cute. No, two two very handsome Aryan They boys, got, yes. I don't even know, because, like, I don't know. You guys kind of look like your mom, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean. You know, wait, I also want to talk about, sorry, kind of changing the topic, but as we are once again in the desert, let's talk about camels. So we went on a little camel ride. What do you guys think of camels? Camel, okay. Interesting fact: camels never leave two feet off the ground. They always walk with one foot, but it's out of rhythm. So it's never like a horse where it's like a gallop or in a pattern. It's always out of pattern. They just move whatever foot's last. Really? Yeah. If you, it just looks random. It looks really random. They're like, <laughs> a, uh, I've never yeah. noticed that. It's it's crazy. That's why when we we rode camels, which was really fun. You and I did ride really a camel. We were going on them because they didn't feel like they had a rhythm, and you always had to like brace yourselves. You never knew what was gonna happen. So true, low key, yeah. Um, if, we'll we'll post some pics of us riding camels. It was pretty sick. I, I thought the craziest camel fact was that their hump is actually not water. It's just a, it's just fat. But it feels like bone. Right, because apparently it does. Actually, feels like pubes. For me, <laughs> yeah. it, it's very yeah, puby, but I, I smacked its little hump. <laughs> and it honestly felt <laughs> like. One does. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever felt like a big person's belly, but it felt like just a belly. It, it, it felt like a belly. It felt like a. Like, it Balloon. was pregnant. Too. Yeah, exactly. The hair was also just falling off. Like, oh, it, was, it, was, it was a little musty for sure. It was, yeah, they, they need. I wonder if they shower the camels there. Probably not. They gotta, they gotta hose them down. But they go them. two weeks. They can go two weeks with no food and water, which might not seem like the craziest thing. Like if you're a tiny bacteria, you can go years. But camels are so big and like they, they can carry people and like a ton of goods and go two weeks without a single like bit of nutrients. So that's wild. Yeah. And they also like they have tiny, tiny like skinny legs, long legs, but very skinny. True. But they carried us no problem. They did not like. Yeah, and Toby's fat as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Their bellies are also... Bellies are far off the ground, too. Mm, Very true. So they're not caught in the desert heat on the ground. Yeah, I did see... Yeah, like, it's weird because, like, humans can last three days without water. And we're, like, maybe a quarter of the size of a camel. I think camels actually won, like, the evolution game. They have every advantageous thing. They really do. Like, they Except have special stupid. eyelashes that prevent sand from They have, like, four them. different eyelids or something. I yeah, heard. they have, like, a tons yeah. of different, like... Awesome. Underrated. This is We're putting our underrated stamp on this animal yeah. because it's that. ridiculous. And they could, like, chug 26 gallons of water <laughs> just in one standing. In yeah. 10 minutes? In 10 minutes, it could... Chug twenty six gallons. Oh my lord! Dude, I wonder if uh, Badland Chugs could do that. Do yeah. you guys know Badland Chugs? Yeah, they <laughs> Set it up. Set it up. Badland Chugs. Oh my gosh, game. that's a great suggestion. Yeah, this is a, an official challenge to Badland Chugs. Yes. You versus Camel. Twenty six gallons of water. Ten minutes. Uh, see oh you. You have see. next move. I think twenty six gallons of water would like if a human drank that it would kill you, wouldn't it? Would you? 
Besides Badland oh. Chugs, he he'd survive. <laughs> he's just built different. Yeah, like is that that's too much water? Because yeah. don't you drown your lungs? Yeah, how much? How much water is that? Like twenty six gallons. Well, yeah. <laughs> like weight, <laughs> like <laughs> weight wise, like does that weigh more than you? Probably. Mm, probably doesn't weigh. A gallon of actually, a gallon's not a that gallon much. Gallon of water is about eight pounds. Oh. Twenty-seven times eight. Math. Yeah, so it probably can weigh more than you. Yeah. Depends. Well, twenty-seven oh, times. How do you know the weight of a gallon of water? Sus. Through my. <laughs> Sus. It weighs about as much as my dad, and he's pretty. Fat. Oh my god. It's pretty chubs. What is this number? Two sixteen. Okay. Wow. Just expose my father. <laughs> but we've talked about that before. But like Badland Chugs is easy four hundred. So. So you're saying he could smack? I think he could do it. Badland Chugs, if you're listening, we're gonna make you listen. We're going to just spam your comment sections. <laughs> right. Well, besides camels, what else have you guys enjoyed in is- Israel so far? Yeah, give us your top moments. Ooh. Like, wh- what was previously mentioned on this episode, I really did like Masada. That was a great, nice. great place. But I think my favorite place was definitely this desert. This desert is up there. I do really like the desert. Why? For the view? The view, the, the view. Them, you have an amazing view. Every day you wake up and you see sand <laughs> and sun. What else do you need? But nice. actually, no, no. The view is nice because you can see everything. Like it's not blocked by trees. Like in the north, there's more trees and more forests. Like I just like the freeness of the desert and the quietness. And that's why you're going to wake up Texas next year. <laughs> well, Toby's going to Baylor. It's well, true. I was gonna say, do you like how you can always see the sky? I feel like you're a sky guy. I am a big sky guy. I am. Yeah, if you guys. Yeah, if you guys don't know, yeah, Toby's getting his pilot's license, so he he likes the friendly skies. <laughs> Come fly the friendly skies with me. Yeah, um, my favorite thing was <laughs> actually how did you guys like the sandboarding? Cause it was very hyped up, and I um I went on the board, and I guess I didn't put enough oil on it, which is like <laughs> get a, yeah, it was, yeah, oil it was that video. Yeah, it was a pretty slanted hill. But I got on it, leaned back, and I was going two miles per hour down the whole hill. I, I mean, like, times. the last time I went pretty fast. Basically, we went sandboarding, and you had to, like, we went early, early. We were yeah. probably there at 8. I don't think we mentioned this, but we had to get up at, like, 5.30 in the morning for this, for the, the sandboarding. Because it gets way too hot. That, and because it was, like, an hour away just to find some more sand. Like, we were surrounded by sand, but know, we had to drive an hour. Knows? But anyways. You, it was definitely not worth it. You hike it. up, like, 30 seconds, just, like, sweating your balls off. Yeah, it's a hike. And then you go down. Maybe you go a little faster than two miles per, per hour. Like, and even when you do, you're like, wee. True. I, I got some speed. I think it's. I think you may have put on too much oil, Hansi, because what the guy said is, if you put on too much oil, then it gets muddy on the sand. It gets too sticky. Yeah, you need the Goldilocks of oil. Yeah, you need to just. Yeah. So that's not your favorite moment. So. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, what that's is? Least I mean, it moment. was just between the waking up and the sandboarding. No, no. And then that night we slept. Was was it that the night we slept yeah. in the truck stop? <laughs> it was basically. No, we, we woke up at five thirty from a hostel in the middle of the yeah. desert. <laughs> and then we went sandboarding and all that stuff. And then that night we slept in the middle of the desert outside. But it but it wasn't like the it was, it was on right you could see the, the highway. highway. Yeah. It was right off the highway. I like was, was like, sleep deprived. It was like a if anyone's been to Red Rocks and you know that dirt parking lot. That's literally what it was. It was a dirt parking. Pretty lot. much. And uh, for me, it. it was like a forty eight hour span, right? Like two days between sleeping in the hostel, and I maybe got like eight hours of sleep total between the two nights. 
I was, and I was sick. Although the only positive, freezing. I lost my sweatshirt. <laughs> and then you, you recently reclaimed. I it. recently found my BU sweatshirt, guys. Go Boston. Well, Hansi's going to Northeastern, so Boston, Boston. game. Yeah. I I did get I also from that desert. I did pick up some pink eye. Oh yeah, Toby. So basically, <laughs> we had like one tarp for the whole group, and Toby comes over very late because he was like looking at the stars, and he's like, "Oh, there's nowhere to sit lay. or to lay down because like all of the space had been the taken. all taken." So he puts a sleeping bag down, just like on the dirt yeah, with a sleeping pad. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he wakes up, and the side of his face that was smushed against the ground. We could put a picture in there. Yeah, it's very yes. swollen. Looking a little, a little nasty, oh, and he definitely had pink eye. And the next thing you know, he gives it to Hansi. Maybe as payback for the whole ACL thing. <laughs> Hansi and I, there's 38 people on this uh, Israel trip, and Hansi and I are the only ones that got pink eye. Actually, Sonia looks like she kind of has it. I did not realize you got it too, Hansi. Well, it was funny because we had minimal contact, and like the one contact <laughs> we had, he gave it to. Is it just yeah? So like. Hansi, Toby, and Grayson, who's also on the trip, they, the three of them were like in a line, just like off the tarp, just on the fucking ground. And it looked so uncomfortable. And they, each of them, so they gave us like, um, they gave us sleeping bags and like sleeping mats. And they each only had one sleeping mat. And our boy, Aiden Foster, he's been a two time guest. We how all, many, how many, I say he has five sleeping mats. He, he had, had five sleeping mats. He had four. Mats? He had four sleeping mats and he was on the tarp. And he was complaining that it was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, he was complaining. No, that man got a, he was like, he woke up, he's like, guys, I'm so well rested. I got like seven, eight hours. And then Toby just wakes up like, what's up, guys? And his fucking right side of his face is just massive, with <laughs> he looked like swollen eye. <laughs> He looked like he got stung by like a swarm of wasps. It was probably the funniest yeah. thing to wake up to. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, that. and this is why we say Hansi and Toby are menches because Aiden wakes up complaining. I feel like no offense, to Aiden, but he's like the opposite of a mensch. Oh, Aiden! A Aiden's whiner. been known. Yeah, Aiden's <laughs> kind of known as the complainer of the trip. He's always just like, I don't like this food. And Toby's bus logistics. He's fucking. With a torn ACL, lifting bags onto the bus. Toby did fix some air conditioning. Sleeping on the straight up ground with one sleeping mat, swollen eye. Okay, wait. So I don't much. Know what that actually reminded me of? I don't know, but because you were just hyping up Toby as you should, but it reminded yeah. me of Aqua Kef, uh, which Kef yeah. in Hebrew means fun. Aqua, obviously water. Water fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's basically this giant outdoor thing on the Sea of Galilee with like. Basically, imagine like a bouncy castle, except ten times bigger and like on water. Yeah, like and yeah, kind of like wipe course. out. And there was this one section that was a circle, so there was a little obstacle course, and fucking, and we did some timed relays. And Hansi, man, when he goes, <laughs> he just ass. flies, flies. He's like, hee. Next thing you know, you know, he's jumping over like things. He like jumps over some like boxes. I all I know is I fell. <laughs> See, Manny got disqualified the early, like, yeah. only like a few people got disqualified by falling in the water, but Manny did it by far the earliest. Like, I did it the on first, the first obstacle. The first yeah. obstacle. I was like, oh, there I go. <laughs> Fell right through the, right through a hole. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hansi like leaped over that one, just soared. And it was funny because like Jacob, who was just on actually, he had the best time for a while at 30 seconds to do the course. Hansi did smashed 20 it. seconds. <laughs> I got 33 and I was proud. Well, but the then Hansi did 20. Well, the crazy thing is after Jacob got 30, no one got like faster than 50 for like six people. <laughs> and then Hansi is like, okay. And then next thing you know. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll try. 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, I had a lot of fun there. And I mean, shout out to Manny too. 
he does the what he's a he he goes with the flow. I was we were like swimming everywhere. We actually one we like hit everybody. Like we were working our ass off. We claimed the mat ourselves and threw everyone, everyone off. off. Oh, was it, it was you two doing that? You fuckers. Was, yeah, like King we had of like the an Edo kill streak. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, Manny, let's swim over here. He swims over. I was like, Manny, let's climb up there. He climbs up. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, no, you're not. And then he keeps on going. He has a he goes though. Yeah, so basically, in uh, conclusion, Hansi and Toby have the perfect mixture of g- German genetics, of physicality, the physical genetics, and, and Jewish, Jewish brains. Jewish brains. And menschness. Menschness, menschness That's yes. Jewish menschness. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we really appreciate having you guys on. It was a blast. Damn, we've been going for 30 minutes. Lost really? track of time. We had such it a... It was an honor being on here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so... Any, uh, any last words to, to the very nice... Uh, listeners? Very nice... Um, very nice podcast. Love everybody. Yeah, keep an open heart, open mind, and love everyone. Aw, that's the very Jewish cute. way. Aww, it yeah. is the Jewish way. All right, well, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode uh, once again in the Holy Land. Uh, next week we're gonna have uh, a very Russian guest, our bodyguard Danny. It's gonna be <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be quite yes! fucking fun. And we'll um, have been to Tel Aviv, the biggest city. In Israel. Yeah, so we'll have many more stories coming at you next week. So make sure to follow us on Instagram to stay tuned and uh, listen on Spotify, Apple Music. And subscribe to the Patreon. Yes. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.